Hello and welcome to Impact Ed. I'm H.D. Chambers with Ailey ISD, and I want to welcome everyone to today's episode. The topic we're going to talk about today is something consistent with previous episodes over the last year and a half that we've shared off of Impact Ed, and it has to do with the general idea of resources and support for our students as they get ready to transition out of high school here in Aleaf and into college, uh, or in some cases their career, the workforce, uh, and then obviously the the military. But for the but for the most part, uh, we're going to spend some time today talking about college access. For those listening that went to college, you've got your own experiences, you've got your own perceptions. Many of you have raised children who have gone to college. Some of you have kids in college, and some of you are trying to save for college. But I've got two guests here today that that work with many of our students in this district on the complexities of getting admitted, enrolled, and off to off to college. And so I'm going to let them introduce themselves briefly, and then we're going to have a conversation about what our district does to help students. And in particular, what are the things that are happening right now that's impacting our kids and how we're attempting to address that? And perhaps if you're listening, there may be a role for you to to play as a a supporter, a volunteer to help. So with that, I'm going to turn this over and let our guests introduce themselves, and then we'll get started. Good morning. My name is Andrea Green-Perry. I'm the College Access Counselor at Taylor High School. Good morning. My name is Kennedy Washington. I'm the Advice Texas College Recruitment Advisor. Just so the audience knows, if, if you're not familiar, uh, we have um, college access centers in our high schools. And if you can envision a room, if you will, with everything you could need to know about college and what takes place there and, you know, what are the resources available. And obviously, uh, we have support staff there. Our Advice Texas group is in partnership with Texas A&M University. So all the Aggies can go whoop right now. <laughs> but, um, but in partnership with A&M, uh, we have young ladies that are here, like Kennedy, that are here helping our kids. And, and to be quite blunt with you, she's so close in age to them, they'll probably listen to her far more than they'll listen to us, right? Right, right. <laughs> so, uh, so with that, I, if you don't mind, just talk a little bit about the College Access Center. I know you're at Taylor High School, but we, we've got them at our other schools. But talk yeah. about it. And what your primary mission, if you will, is, uh, and, and what are some of the things you're seeing that we spend the most time working with kids as, as we get ready to, to try to help them get into, into college? Well, the College Access Centers at all the high schools are fully functional offices where students can come and get help with college applications, financial aid, scholarships, and all the processes that go along with getting into college. We don't stop with the application process or just the completion of the FAFSA. We make sure that they are fully prepared down to dorm sheets. What does my dorm look like? What does the campus look like? We take a holistic approach in terms of getting our kids off into school. When when kids come in and they're they don't know what they don't know, right? Yes. So you, you have to kind of start from scratch in some cases. Mm-hmm. What what do you find yourself spending the most time on with, with a, a typical student? Is it is it the actual application process or is it courses they're taking in high school, making sure they align to what the colleges accept? What where, where do you find yourself spending the most time on? To be honest with you, students are usually prepared when it comes to coursework. They get through the application easily. FAFSA can definitely be something that they have some difficulty with because that's a fine dance between the parent and the student and their income. Just 
awareness of there's there are more universities out there than just the ones in our backyard Mm -hmm. are the ones that you hear about the most are the Big Ten or the Big 12. I'm not a sports fan, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah. I'm not, you know, (laughs) fine. I'm not versed on sports, but, you know, the the sport, the schools that they hear about. We spend a lot of time actually exposing them to the schools that they don't know about. And we don't just talk about the university level schools. We bring in the junior colleges, we bring in the community colleges, because we want them to know that there's something for everyone. So the actual process, it's easy. We get through that seamlessly. It's just making them aware of all of the options that are out there and that there is something for you. There's definitely something for everyone. Good. Kennedy, from your role with Advice Texas, what do you spend a lot of time talking to them about? Um, I would actually agree with Mrs. Green Perry. So one of the advantages of uh, Advice Texas is that it is um, near peer counseling. So like you were mentioning before, I'm very close in age with them. So that does help a bit. But getting them to understand that I just went through this and that they shouldn't be limiting their options because, yes, there are a lot of Houston um, area colleges and junior colleges, but you can go out of state and state, and the application process isn't long at all, especially with universal application websites like uh, Apply Texas and Comnet, where you can apply to multiple schools in a matter of seconds. You just copy it to another institution. So that part isn't necessarily difficult. It's just getting them to realize that there are opportunities out there for them, especially students who may qualify for free and reduced lunch, and they don't even have to worry about paying for the application itself, realizing that they should take advantage of those opportunities. Kids today seem to be academically prepared, right? The ones that you're dealing with. Have you seen changes in your in your time in working with this? Have you seen uh, changes in students' interests? Uh, do y'all talk about? Do y'all talk to them about like what they're interested in majoring in? What are areas they think they might be interested in? And, and kind of how do you how do you navigate that? I mean, how do you how do, how can a kid expect to be assisted with with that type of conversation? We have some excellent programs that we use in ALEAF. One is called Naviant. There are a number of career-oriented type programs on there or features where students can take questionnaires and they can get a grasp of where their interests may lie. We utilize that tool a lot. And not to say this is what you should do, but it's just... Yeah, it gets a start. The conversation yeah, it's started, a, it's right? it's a conversation starter, and, yeah. it, and it gives them an idea of where to start. I do this thing where I ask them to, a lot of people like to look globally. I, I'd say look back and, and and give us a feel of what does your job, what does it look like? What does it smell like? What does it feel like? How were you dressed? Cut off all the TV, cut off all the noise and think about where do you see yourself in 10 years? What does it look like? What does it feel like? Touch it. And so do it for a couple of days. And sometimes that reverse feeling gives them an idea. I see myself in scrubs. I see myself working in a hospital, but I see myself driving up to this nice office building in a suit. So let's start from there. So now let's look at your Naviance results and let's try to match that to something that may interest you. And it's okay if you're not quite sure because the universities have great advisors who, once we get them off to that point, will take them and guide them to something that will definitely work out with them in the future. Being fresh out of school or relatively fresh out of school, do those conversations, do they come to you with those conversations? And do you feel like you're able to give them some, some counsel on that? Yes. Yeah, so during the college application process, one of the things you have to pick is your major. And it's feeling like this is set in stone, which in a sense, 
It is, but you can always change your major. But getting them to think about the coursework they're taking, like the CTE courses, um, any business electives, seeing how do they feel about those courses. And also for students who, let's say they wanted to be a lawyer or a nurse, looking at the different requirements to actually become a CNA and things like that. So it's not just uh, watching Law & Order on the TV. There are different steps. So making them fully aware of um what the career process looks like so that once they go into that major, they have realistic expectations. When you sit down and talk to, to kids these days, particularly kids in high school, they tend to have a pretty good idea. If they've thought about it, they have an idea of what they're interested in, right? I mean, there's, I think we sell them short a lot. We definitely do that a lot. The kids are exposed from elementary yeah. in A-Leaf with CTE and career options. I want to say the counselors start as early as elementary. In middle school, they have the transition counselors mm-hmm. that do a lot of work with the students, helping them pick their choices in high school. Usually when the kids come, they know medicine is not for me. Yeah. I like computers. Um, or they've had some exposure to the different classes. That definitely helps a lot. And even if they didn't have the opportunity, they have a friend who may have been in a certain career who are, are that's in that particular CTE plan who can tell them and they have an idea from that as well so our kids are very well versed exposed and they actually know a lot that is true of a lot of kids throughout Texas not just in A-Leaf I mean so they're selecting endorsements you know in eighth grade at least they're being exposed to things and and I think I can't remember who told me this but perhaps they don't identify what they want to do but they sure can eliminate some things yes we get a lot of (laughs) I don't want to do that and that's fine let us help you find what you want Perfect. You, you mentioned earlier uh, the single largest obstacle facing a lot of our kids is is financing. I mean, how do you pay for it? It's, it's no secret to anyone. College is expensive. There are some opportunities out there that a lot of our kids, sometimes they take advantage of, sometimes they don't. But you mentioned FAFSA. So if you don't mind, talk a little bit about what FAFSA is, maybe even what it stands for. So the, the non-educators out there even knows what FAFSA means. But let's talk about that a little bit. And let's talk about some things that we attempt to do for to try to bridge that financial gap. The FAFSA is the free application for federal student aid. Um, basically, um, it's the application that you would fill out with your parents' 2018 tax income information or two years prior to when they're enrolling in school, as well as W-2s. And basically, they compile a set of information to calculate what's called your EFC, or expected or estimated family contribution. And that gives FAFSA, the government, an idea of how much their parents can actually contribute to their tuition. So it's very, very important that they actually fill that out because that's how they'll be eligible for grants like the Pell Grant or the Texas Grant or the TEACH Grant. Not only that, they send that EFC information to whatever institution they're applying to, and that school will be able to award them with other need-based scholarships and grants and things like that. So it's very, very important to fill out the FAFSA. Otherwise, you're looking at a lot of student debt that you can easily avoid. And I think that's the message to parents. For If you're a parent listening to this, if you're a student listening to this, there is a lot of money on the table for students who either, one, believe they can't afford to go to school um, or if they just need some assistance. Now, it takes some work on the student's part, right? It, it, there's, there's some effort. You know, They're not just going to come knock on your door and give you a bunch of money. Uh, and the FAFSA is the process for that. So I, on that issue, that there is money there. And, I mean, across the country, there's billions and billions of dollars that's available to students. Do we find students take advantage of that or are we there's part of 
piece of legislation that was recently passed in Texas that's going to put more emphasis on students filling out the FAFSA. If you don't mind, talk a little bit about that and the continued importance of it. So the new House Bill 3 is the House Bill that um, actually starts next school year, and it will require school districts in the state of Texas to get close to 100% completion FAFSA, FAFSA completion for all students in the high schools. Um, some of the barriers that we actually have, it's a delicate song and dance between the student and the family mm-hmm. because it involves the parents' finances. Right. And it's not just the finances. Our kids come from different walks of life, different backgrounds. There are different scenarios that we are faced with to try to get the student to complete it correctly, that it just takes training. We've both been through extensive training to handle the different scenarios. This is our practice year, so we're definitely taking it seriously. And the goal is to reach the parents and to invite them in to give them assistance, direct assistance with filling out the FAFSA alongside their child. So if they don't feel like releasing those documents and having the kid walking around school with them all day, Mm -hmm. then we're there. We can help assist you along with your child. Uh, Like I said, the biggest barrier is a parent releasing their financial information to the student. But just know that it is confidential. You know, the FAFSA is a confidential website. So that information will not be released out past the universities. It goes directly to the universities and then it stops there. I want to reiterate this to to those listening that in in ALEAF as the superintendent to the extent we can, do the best we can to eliminate this fear or the barrier of cost, because there are opportunities to overcome that. Uh, if you have any questions uh, as a parent, as a student, if you have any questions, I highly encourage you, if you haven't already spoken, to either your Advised Texas person on your campus or your, your College Access Center uh, staff, I highly encourage you to talk to them and then go through the effort and engage, and engage your parents, because you're right. It's this is a sensitive subject. It's a sensitive topic, not only on the financial side, but we have other you know parents who are here that are concerned about turning over personal information, and that's just kind of the world we're living in today, and part of the the process we have to deal with. I, I want to talk some about the Advice Texas role and and kind of your 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 personal journey to get here. What so you graduated from A and M? When did you graduate from? Twenty nineteen. Oh, good lord! You're just yes, fresh out the gate. <laughs> fresh yes. out, fresh out. So talk about your how'd you get here? I mean, not just in A but how'd you how'd you get into the Advice Texas and? Um, while I was in college, I was trying really hard to figure out what I was passionate about, what I wanted to do. At some point, it hit me that college access was something I was very passionate about. So when I was in high school, um, a senior in high school, I also had an advice, Texas advisor. And I went to a school where a, um, a large amount of the students were coming from low-income households, myself included, single-parent households, first-generation college students. And it, it was very impactful for me to have someone teach me about college because I couldn't get that information at home because my mother didn't know. Yeah. So I just wanted to be in a space where I could essentially pay it forward and graduating from Texas A&M University, which I, I truly love my alma mater, and I I grew so much, and I have so much professional development to credit to them. And 
I know how important college is, and I want that opportunity to be available to everyone. So that's why I got into Advice Texas. Now, Advice Texas is a partner program with the College Advising Corps, um, whose mission is to increase the number of students who are enrolling in college, and not only just enrolling, but also graduating. So um, maintaining that retention rate, it's important that you go, but we want you to also graduate and get your degree or certification. Another thing that Advise Texas emphasizes is um, the 30 by 60 or 60 by 30 um, Texas. So um, by 2030, we'd like to have at least 60 percent of Texas have that certificate or a degree. And so I really try to push for that. And I think it's possible. And I know that there's so many great students at A. Lee Taylor. And since I've been here, I've always said how amazed I am with the school district. ALEAF ISD provides so many resources to students, and I try to explain to them that it's not necessarily a normalcy and that they should take advantage of these opportunities, especially when I found out this SAT school day. Um, that's not a normal yeah. thing. For us to have a school that will pay for you to take the SAT and things like that, you should take advantage of it. And so I was very blessed to be here to work with these students to help them go to college or whatever they decide to do uh, post-graduation. Every staff member, uh, I would argue, understands the end game here. I mean, what our core responsibility is. And that is, um, first and foremost, to provide a safe and secure environment for kids and for staff. But beyond that, it's it's to get them ready to do something meaningful after high school. So whether they're a pre-K student, kindergarten, in the back of our minds, we should always be thinking about what are the things we can do to adequately prepare that little boy, that little girl, that young man, that young lady for what is it they want to do after high school. In your experiences, do you think today's high school students recognize the efforts that are being put in place or this this expectation that's that's been kind of subconsciously put into the into our district or into them by their teachers? There are opportunities beyond high school, no matter what your background is, because like you said, I mean yourself as an example, you could very easily clam up and say, this isn't for me, either college isn't for me or I'm destined to live in this type of environment. Is that changing, or do you do you see a sense of hope? I, you know, I talk about we talk about hope a lot. There's a lot of students who sometimes don't think they have hope. Therefore, they don't take advantage of all the things that are in front of them. I think after meeting with the students and working with them closely, the light bulb comes on. It comes on, and um, we talk about a lot about college, but we also talk about military. Mm-hmm and some of the workforce jobs that are out there. So we let them know that there's something for everyone, but it will take some commitment on their part. But for the most part, our students, they are aware of the opportunities out there and what's been afforded to them here in this district. Because they have friends that are elsewhere, just Kennedy said. Sometimes you go to schools that don't have as many resources. But we have the close conversations with the kids. We try to sit down with them one-on-one to get a feel for where they are individually so we can work with them and get them to military, junior college, community college, four-year university, our workforce. So that individual conversation really helps. I think it takes a lot of accountability and for students to be proactive, and not only the students, but us as well. 
taking the time to actually to them if they're not aware that we are here. So making them aware that we do have these resources and the college center is here because sometimes you don't know to ask questions if they're just not aware to ask these questions or aware to look at these opportunities. So sometimes we have to put it in front of them. So it takes them to actually go seek the resources, but us to always be accessible to them. I recently did a video that to all ninth graders and then another one for sophomores, juniors, and seniors. I don't don't know if they're out yet. I I recorded them. But here's what I think what what we're saying, and this has been true for the history of mankind. <laughs> if you're a student listening to this, this, this is a message that I want you to hear. One, there are opportunities for you. Second, you've got to make an attempt. You have to meet us halfway. You have to meet the adult halfway. So whoever that adult is, whatever that, out, that, whatever that adult is doing, you have to meet us halfway. In many cases, the adults go far more than halfway, way, way further than halfway. But at a minimum, we have to have kids taking advantage of it. That's why I'm so grateful and appreciative for people like yourself and our other College Access Center staff and Advice Texas folks for doing that. And go visit the Access Center and take advantage of all the opportunities that are out there for you. And I would the last thing I would encourage is, I think you would agree with this, is don't wait till the beginning of your senior year. Yes. <laughs> We're here. Come by your freshman year. We'd love to start that relationship, building the relationship with you. Yeah, that's when it starts, right? You're yeah. shaking your head like, yes, please. We just had this conversation this morning, actually. I was with the juniors um, having them practice on Khan Academy, which is um, official SAT prep. And I had the conversation with them. You're taking your SAT in March. Let's start preparing for it now because if you wait until August of your senior, it's too late. Yeah. If you're waiting to boost your grade up your senior, it's too late. They're looking at your grades right when you send them. Mm-hmm. So getting them to have that awareness that, okay, the time is now and not uh, yeah. months later. So, yeah. yeah, just trying to have those preventive measures so that they don't come into senior year and like, what am I doing now? So, Good. And the fact that we have the time to actually go into the classrooms or bring the students to the computer lab to link their Khan Academy account and give them the information months beforehand is probably one of the most meaningful things we can ever do every day. Good. Well, I want to thank both of you uh, and I know you're representing others who do the same thing you're doing with the same passion and the same concern and, and all of that. So on behalf of them, thank you. And on behalf of the board, myself, and, and obviously our community and the schools, thank you for 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 this. I, I, I know we could use 10 more of you, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> but we make do. <laughs> I know you do. I know you do. But I want to thank you guys and uh, for joining us. We're, we're getting ready to talk to a couple of students, and we'll get their take on this on this conversation. So, uh with that, again, thank you. Thank I appreciate you. you guys. Thank you. All right. Thank you all. All right. Now we've we've been joined by a couple of students, Taylor High School seniors. Uh, congratulations on making it to your senior year, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. And you still got some work to do to get out of here, but of course. <laughs> you, you got here. We're going to continue this conversation on college access, our college access centers, and the staff that we have that that are in place to help you guys, you and people just like yourself, uh, not only at Taylor, but the other our other high schools. But I'm really interested in, and from a student's perspective, one, the the role that the center has played, and you can give your own personal testimony, if you will, or experience. Mm-hmm. But as I mentioned to you just a few minutes ago, I'd also like for you to, to think and talk about it from just the general student population. You know, are there areas that, that are important? Are there things that I can do? Are there things that we can do to continue improving it? As we talked about earlier, there's you, you always use more staff and more people. More people because there's there's so many students 
but just kind of talk about that. And, and so I'm going to let you introduce yourself real quickly, and let's just kind of get into the conversation and follow and continue with what we were talking about earlier. Esther, you want to start? Hello, my name is Esther Falacoon. I'm a senior at Taylor High School. How long have you been at Taylor? All four years? Yes, all four years. Good, good. Timmy? Good morning. My name is Timmy. I'm also a senior at Taylor High School, and I went all four years. Good. So you guys have, you're obviously getting ready to get out of here in the next five, six months. Yes. Let's talk about leading up to this point. So you've been there since you were a freshman. Mm-hmm. Um, did you even know the Access Center existed as a ninth grader? Yes, of course I did. They did were very interactive with us ever since we were freshmen. They tried to get us in the right direction career-wise when it's time for college to come. Uh, as for me, um, I guess you could say I knew that existed. I just didn't necessarily know it was called that. You know, I was in the area all right. the time, but, you know, I just didn't really know it was for that purpose. But it was really cool. So y'all heard the conversation we had earlier with the mm-hmm. Advice Texas and Miss Green Perry. What did you hear in that conversation that rang true to you? I mean, the this idea of students meeting us halfway and mm-hmm. – uh, was there anything in particular that, that y'all thought was important as a part of that discussion? What I thought was uh, very important was that uh, how Ms. Green Perry talked about the FAFSA and the relationship between the student and the parent. Because for me, you know, that's like a large push that a student has to go through, you know, to talk to, you know, their parents. You're like, you know, the parents are like, oh, you know, that, that's, that's the type of information that you don't yeah, deal, really deal with. Yeah, it's a sensitive yeah exactly. No question. And so, you know, I think that was really important. And because of that, you know, maybe students, you know, like as besides of, you know, not knowing what the FAFSA really is or that it really exists, you know, that stuff, you know, could be really sensitive. And so that could be very hard for some students. Um, what really struck with me was imagining your imagining the career you want to have in the future. And that's really important step into deciding the colleges you want to go to. A freshman, I knew I wanted to be, I thought I wanted to be a doctor. And when I started really imagining and thinking, I realized that that's not really the environment I want to be in. So I've, as a senior, I'm now more aware of the things I want to do in the future. And that's helped me apply to the colleges that would help me get there successfully. Going back to the to this the, the FAFSA conversation mm-hmm. and the, the money conversation, how prevalent is the cost of college on kids' minds these days? It's number one thing. Is probably it? about college. You know, I read articles all the time, you know, about like student debt and how it's just rising and like how yeah. much is just, you know, affecting students and how much, you know, like, you know, even my family, I have family members that are still paying student debts and mm-hmm. you know, family that finished paying off student debts and know how relieved they are. And so obviously it's a very prevalent topic. Yeah, so Esther, you said it's the first thing that comes to most, yes. most kids' minds. Do y'all have conversations with kids about who that use that as a reason to not even try to pursue? Yes, any, it's um, another reason. A lot of times they'll say, oh, I would go to college. I would apply, but I don't have the money to. And I try to encourage them to apply because there's other resources that can help them pay. There's FAFSA, of course, that pays a pretty good amount. The university gives them scholarships, and they could go outside of the university and find scholarships such as Coke or McDonald's that would give scholarships to ordinary kids. You know, and as for me, you know, like I talk with my friends essentially almost every day about college and like, you know, where we're going. And as you know, how money that what we're talking about is such a big topic in our our minds. People like worry a lot about the cost of college. And, you know, like they are willing to limit themselves in a sense of the options on where they're going. You know, they can be accepted into, you know, this really nice, this really big university. But, you know, if they don't get the the financial aid that they want or that they don't think is, you know, sufficient, yeah. then they are willing to, you know, let that option just 
go away. So it's kind of like what you said earlier. It's money, money, money. That's. Yeah. I have a philosophy and they've probably heard it how many times? (laughs) A lot. It's like, (laughs) it's the early bird gets the worm, which is, that's old. Mm -hmm. But my philosophy is like a a shrimping boat. You cast a net as wide as you can when it comes to colleges and universities, because you've heard it, guys, and you can agree. There's no such thing as a what? Bad university. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course, yeah. Of course. They've heard me say those things a lot. So we cast the net as wide as we can. And it's like a shrimp boat. You're going to get jumbo shrimp. That's the big scholarship. You're going to get the medium size. You may even get some trash in there. And so at the end of the year, what we want is to lay out all of our choices like a buffet at the dining room table and pick the best dish out of each. Because, again, there's no such thing as a bad university. You definitely want to look for the university that you fit, that's the best fit for you. But you also want to find the university that has your major and one that you can afford to go to with the least amount of debt when you graduate. Mm -hmm. That's a good way of looking at it. Thinking about just the general student population. Mm -hmm. Earlier, we we talked a lot about the opportunities in ALEAF to, if nothing else, to be exposed to things. Mm-hmm. Um, would you agree with that conversation? Would your would kids in general agree with that assessment of, of, of what this district has been doing and attempting to do for, for you guys? Of course, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, I know a lot of kids that are not in our district, and they always worry about AP money, paying for AP tests, paying for SAT, but our school covers all of that. They give us opportunities to be successful when it comes to applying for colleges and having the materials that colleges are looking for. There's a lot of effort that the adults put into it, obviously. Mm-hmm. A lot of effort, taxpayers. I mean, the, 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 the individuals who, including your parents, you know, the taxes that are paid to, to go into the school system. Uh, I'm always curious. I've, I've, I have a student advisory committee that I visit with that's made up of, as you know. Yeah. And uh, the conversation that, that I've always had with them over the years was this idea of the expectations students have, in some cases realistic, in some cases not, uh, versus the expectations that adults have. Mm-hmm. The expectations the kids have, they're not really sure what they expect. They yeah. they tend to expect what they've been told to expect, right? Yeah. I'm curious, as you as you guys have gone through your four years at Taylor and just in general in, in education, what have been your expectations? Have have you had expectations of a school or, uh, you know, or has it been take it as it comes? Well, for me, it's uh, more like, you know, as you said, take it as it comes, you know. Um, I talked with a lot of people, you know, about their, you know, college experience and their processes that they went through high school to get into college. And, you know, it's all been very different, to be completely honest with you. And there's been really no um, main idea that I've been able to put together with all of these people that I've talked to. And so, you know, I don't really know what to expect. You know, I can honestly, I can expect everything or yeah, like everything. Yeah. And, you know, and so I think it's very interesting that it was like that. And so going into college, you know, I think it would be very interesting experience. We're in a time and place where I think our our fundamental economy is beginning to shift. It has been shifting. So people like Ms. Green Perry and myself, we're at a point in our career where we've seen a lot adjust and a lot change. Mm-hmm. What What is your expectation of the workforce in four or five years from now? Let's, let's play this out. You go to school, four or five years later, you walk out with a degree and something with some interests. How do you envision that world looking when you when you get ready to enter it. Extremely competitive. And that's why I'm grateful to be an A-Leaf because they're preparing us for the extremely competitive workforce. Even the CTA itself is giving us resources so we know how a career would work and we would be desirable for our employers. Um, I think that, you know, four or five years, uh, the workforce will be 
obviously it is right now, but it will be heavily based around, you know, technology and all that because, you know, every day and every year technology is going to continue to be evolving. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of students, you know, recognize that. And so they think that going into technology in the future would be, you know, a good idea. So, you know, because it's a it's a constantly evolving thing. Yeah, it's where the work's going to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it is. Esther, your, your comment on competition mm-hmm. is very true. I don't know how many kids, I think they, they understand it conceptually. Yeah. But until you get into it, it obviously it's difficult to, mm-hmm. to understand. You're going to hear me say this at your graduation in the spring. This coming spring, there are going to be over 350,000 high school seniors graduate from across the state of Texas. Yeah. There's going to be 350,000 of you. Right. Just, just in, in one state. Just in one state. Yeah. You know, it's close to 1.7 million across the, the United States. Mm-hmm. Does that bother you? Does that concern you? Does that haunt you? Do you think about that? Yeah, I think about that. And because of that, I try to make myself different from the, all the other competition I have. I try to work on skills that will make me more desirable for employees. Yeah, I never really thought about that, to be honest. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that that's, that's a lot of kids, you know, like, we, as he said here, since, uh, with how what students understand conceptually, like I can conceptually understand, you know, how much people that are, but like I can't really imagine how many people 1.7 million students are, yeah. and so you know that's that's crazy to me. Yeah, it, it is. It, it, yeah. And I don't mean to alarm anyone. It's mm-hmm. it's just it's always been like it, it was like that yeah, when we grew. It's always yeah. been like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's relative. Yeah, exactly. Very <laughs> relative, and it's not new. Well, what I do think is new that that you guys are having to face that we that I, my generation, our generation, didn't mm-hmm. have to face. Is this international? Yes. Competition. Yeah. You know, back when, give me early '80s when I graduated high school, or mid '80s when I graduated college, the competition was typically local. Mm-hmm. Whatever region you're in, that was your competition. Mm-hmm. It's much more international now. Yeah, outsourcing is a big thing now. And you know, back to what Esther was saying about competition, what I was saying about technology. You know, um, I feel like there's going to be a lot of students over the next few years, and even this year, that's going to go into, you know, some field in technology, and. Um, so, for example, you know, I I want to major in computer science in college, but I am pretty sure that many other students will as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that competition and then along with the skills that other people around the world have, and then there's outsourcing. And so, you know, that's even more competition. And so, yeah. The good thing is you guys have a clear picture of what it is you want to do. Mm-hmm. And you're very well versed on the idea that there's a whole world out there and a lot of opportunities And I've watched you guys over the years go out and seek those opportunities, even from freshman year when I got to know Timmy, shy little kid, (laughs) grow up to be this guy who is applying to schools all over the country, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. And Esther, um, 10th grade, SAT scholar. Yeah. She's a great, great thespian, part of the theater arts department. And she's um, placed herself in a great position to where she'll be marketable, Mm -hmm. both students, top of their class. So even though you guys will have the competition, just know that there's something out there for you. And if you see it, you go and you go and get it. Mm -hmm. Nothing good comes if it's too easy. So work for it. Yeah. No one owes anyone anything. Yeah, that's true. You know, it's it's a it's a hard lesson to learn sometimes, yeah. but it's 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 the truth. You kind of got your heads on straight, at least right now. Somewhere, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. sometimes. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to go too far here. But thinking about the general student population, because there's a lot of kids out there, yeah. a lot of your friends, oh yeah, struggling, right? What's the message to them about about this whole idea of the? You know, we're talking about the college access access center and all mm-hmm. the resources, but bigger than that, 
And I'm asking this as a serious question. What is the message they need to hear? Let's just be honest. I'm not as worried about you two, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I'm worried about you, but there's a different <laughs> level of there's a different level of concern for others. What's not? Ha- is there something that should be happening? Do, is there a is there a common? I know this is a difficult question yeah. for you to yeah. answer, but I'm 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 constantly in search of what does it take to get to that kid that doesn't seem to have their head on straight or doesn't seem to think they can do something. I think a big problem with a lot of our peers is that they they don't want to ask questions. I know that a lot of my peers that are struggling with college, they never ask for help from the college center. They never ask for help from their counselors, and that's why they have the problems that they have now. So I think a, a really good message to get out to the kids that are struggling or might not have their head on straight, as you say, yeah. is be curious know that there's no stupid question. Because if you don't know, you don't know. So make sure to ask the questions needed. Yeah. I think that there's a problem with uh, people starting or students starting too late. And so our school and our district, there's all these opportunities, right? But there's a limitation on, like, how much they can try to expose to the student. You know, eventually the student themselves has to go out and, like, start getting started or start doing it on their own. And so I think that a good message is to actually, like, listen to, you know, the opportunities that are being presented to you, and you can go after it, you know. You can listen to all these opportunities, and you hear, you know, like, oh, you know, call center has this and that, you know, that can be really helpful for you, but, like, they don't register that, you know, they just go mm-hmm. back to whatever they're doing at the time. And they keep doing that, and then they start too late, and then, you know, they missed out on all these opportunities. And so I think um, it's good for students to go out right when they hear about this opportunity. Yeah, we we talked about it with the, with earlier with mm-hmm. just meet us halfway. You know, in yeah, some you cases go. you don't have to meet us halfway. We just meet us. Just meet <laughs> us. Meet us somewhere. But I think your your points are extremely relative. I don't know whether it's a laziness, mm-hmm. which is easy to blame. It's easy to say, but there's more. It's more complicated than just being lazy. Yeah. Do you think there's this notion of going back to the debt? You know, we talked about that earlier. Is it a matter of I can't do it? Is it complacency? Is it my parents haven't done it or my, I come from an environment? I don't know what it is. Um, we've always had lazy. Hell, I was lazy. You <laughs> yeah. know, I, was, I remember not going to the counselor. So this is and look what I'm doing for a living now. Yeah. I'm in constant search for whatever whatever it is to hook to hook students. Uh, when you guys were in eighth grade, you had to select an endorsement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The reason I was so supportive of that is because it wasn't as though I wanted you to declare your lifelong Career yeah. <laughs> as an eighth grader. Yes, I just wanted you to. At that point in time, what are you interested in? And kids know kids know what they're interested in. Yeah, right. Very true. But um, going back to uh, what you're saying, you know, your constant search, you know, on how to hook these students. I feel like that the problem is that college and beyond, you know, is such a, a great unknown, right? And generally, people are scared of what they don't know, and so that is part of the reason why that you know, they aren't, they aren't going after these, you know, these opportunities or they, they try to take it on as early as I think they should be. And so, you know, you put something in front of them, you know, like how, you know, in eighth grade, you know, they, they might know what they want to do in the future, right? Or like they select their endorsement and be like, but do they truly know, you know, like yeah. what they want to do? Yeah. And then, you know, going, like going to high school and getting ready for the college application process, you know, what to think of of the future, you know, like, what do I truly want to do? And like, what do I know about what I want to do? So I think that's a, a big barrier to cross because understanding or getting to know the unknown is very important. Yeah, whether you're 17, 18, or 50 years old, mm-hmm. it's it's always scary. I, I don't want anyone to, that's listening to this because I'm hoping a lot of 
kids listen to this. I don't want anyone listening to this to think that our expectation is that you know what you want to do as an eighth grader or you know what you want to do as an 18-year-old. Mm-hmm. I do believe most, most eighth graders, most 18-year-olds at least have an idea what they like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that may be proven to be different, but, you know, I think you guys are probably aware that the average adult changes jobs, changes careers seven, eight, nine, ten times in a, in a, in a work life. So um, none of us are going to be pigeonholed into one particular thing. Our economy is not going to allow it, first of all. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but nevertheless, I greatly appreciate you guys having this conversation with us. And I know before we shut this thing down, is there something else we've missed or we want to make sure and get out before we... Well, I just want to say from the aspect of a college access counselor and thinking back to when we first started this um, position in the district, um, it takes us reassessing where we are every year, how we impact the kids. And I can remember when I first started, I would take a lot of field trips to universities And I've now expanded that to junior colleges Mm -hmm. and the community college, just so I can reach students at every level. Having tough conversations with students, what's working for us, guys? What do you need more of? How can I help you? When we do that at the end of the year, I constantly throughout the year so we can revamp the program. I think we can reach more kids and hopefully get more kids into the four-year universities, the two-year universities, community college, the um, military, everything. So I think, it, like I, as I said, it's just the reassessing, reevaluating your program so that you can meet the kids where they are so they can be successful. That's where we stand as a college access counselor in Ailey ISD. Perfect. There's this notion that it used to be the only, and in some cases it's still true, the only way a student could be labeled as a smart kid is if he or she was going to some four-year system. Yeah. That, that was our definition of smart, and it was usually based on a test score. Like, we, if you didn't score well on a test, you weren't smart. Well, we all know that's not, mm-hmm. that's, that's not true. That's of not course. true. There's multiple yeah. intelligences, multiple ways of being smart. I think your comment on the College Access Center and what being more than just a four-year university center, it's a college, career, military readiness center because we need all of those aspects of our society. And to be quite blunt, we don't need every high school senior going to a four-year university. <laughs> That's true. We don't need it. This society, our economy doesn't need it. We need two years. So anyway, thank you, guys. Thank you for what you do in the center. Ms. Green Perry, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You guys keep taking care of your business and, and doing the best you can to influence and, and educate some of your friends. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's, that's important. It's important. Whether they tell you that or not, one of these days they'll tell you. Yeah. But, uh, but right now it's important. All right. Thank you guys for listening. This has been Impact Ed. I'm H.D. Chambers. Hope you found today's episode informative and educational. And with that, we will uh, we will see you later. This has been an AMP production.